Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. What is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Well, guys, the ride is officially over. Kentucky basketball falls to the Kansas State Wildcats. 75-69 to was the final score. If you're watching on YouTube right now, I really appreciate you tuning in. If you're listening post-live, on podcast, really appreciate you watching there as well. Not really a traditional intro today. I just kind of want to jump into it, just talk to you guys about how this one ended. Um, to be completely honest with you, I'm still trying to collect my thoughts on it. I just did an interview with uh, with uh, with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast just to kind of give my immediate reaction to this one. I'm still conflicted as to how I want to approach a lot of different things that happened in this game. Uh, Full stop. I'm very, very shocked with the way that this game was officiated in the first half half of the contest and then officiated in the second. I think, I, I guess we start with what Kansas State said heading into this one which was they were not concerned uh, with anybody but Oscar Shibway. And they were almost right. They were almost right. Oscar Shibway had 25 points. He was 8 of 13 for the floor, was 9-11 from the foul line, 18 rebounds uh, in total for him. Um, just an incredible outing. He did end up fouling out. Um, just, a, just a phenomenal outing from him. And Kaysen Wallace was the only other Wildcat to score more than 11 points. Kaysen Wallace was 9 of 11, made his only three-point shot. He had four or nine rebounds, four assists, two steals. He had five turnovers and five personal fouls. It's, um, it, was, it was the Kaysen Wallace and Oscar Shibway show for the Kentucky Wildcats on the opposite end. It was Keontae Johnson, and then it was Marquise Noel. Uh, two guys that that I thought could obviously poise problems after the way that they had played in their opening round game against Montana State. And here we are. This was a game that Kentucky was back and forth with um, to begin the game. It was, uh, it was a contest that Kentucky was down in at halftime, and it was a game that Kentucky uh, extended to, a, I believe, an eight or nine point lead uh, in the second half. Just came out firing on all cylinders and I don't really know what to say other than at the end of the game, it was Kansas State, and by no means do I mean to take anything away from them. Um, it, it was a couple of really tough circus shots that Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson hit. It was just clutch basketball, something that we have not seen out of Kentucky consistently this year. It was a good team finding a way to close out a game with some really wild shots. I'm not saying wild in a negative connotation. I'm saying I'm just impressed with the fact they hit them. I really appreciate everybody watching on live. If you would, please like the video. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Most of you consistently hanging out with me. Really awesome. 
Campologist says, doesn't change the fact that anyone labeled a shooter hasn't hit shots in a game that matters this year with a coach who doesn't have a single thing to do with it. And I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're ragging on Cal there or if you're just, just or, or if you're saying Cal didn't have anything to do with this. I think it, there were a couple of points in this game where I was very confused with the rotations. Kentucky built a lead at one point in the first half, and he had a lineup with Lance Ware and Damian Collins in the front court. And I'm not going to sit here and get angry on today's episode. I'll probably do. I'll, I'll probably save most of that for tomorrow. But what on earth is is he is the coaching staff thinking? Considering I believe I, I believe this was said on Twitter a few times. I need, I meant to fact check this. That lineup has only played a combined one minute so far this season. One freaking minute, and you throw it out in the NCAA, in an elimination game? Are you kidding me? That was that was the egregious thing for me. That that was the that was the what the frick is this lineup moment for me. Outside of that, I think the fact that he came out in the second half, he adjusted the game plan was good. I thought that the coaching job in this game was not what lost Kentucky this one. You can't control kids hitting contested threes. If you lose that way, you lose that way. Cal not being Cal not being straight with the lineup is one thing. Them hitting their shots is another. And listen, I, I don't want to sit here and say to you guys that Kansas State won this game because of, of officiating. But I, I want to say this, and I want to be very clear. Just because I tell you the, the officiating in this game was horrendous does not mean that I'm saying they lost the game because of the officiating. I also don't think it's fair for anyone to say, you can't blame the refs for anything. It's logical to hold the officials that call the game accountable for the mistakes that they make. And today, they made a lot of them. There were so many different points in this game that you could point to that I'll probably collect and I'll probably talk about on tomorrow's show, where you could sit there and say, first of all, that's a foul. Second of all, it immediately correlated to something negative happening against the Wildcats. A turnover would lead to a bucket. A, a turnover or a, a lack of a foul would lead to would lead to a missed uh, would lead to a missed layup would lead to a missed shot. Whereas you had on Kansas State's end, you had I think the inverse. You had consistent foul calls down low. When Kansas State got to the basket, you know they picked up some. They they, they drew some fouls. By no means am I, am I discrediting Kansas State's you know, win here. That's a good team. That is a very well built team. They don't get a lot of bench production, much like the Wildcats. So that's not really an excuse for Kentucky in this one. But the officiating in this one was bad. There was a there was a a foul that should have been called on Casey Wallace with about what three minutes left. Kentucky was down by one. No call. Didn't even touch the ball. They slapped him on the hand, on the arm, and no foul was called. And I know I understand. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, and I want to get into what you guys are talking about with, with different guys missing shots. We'll, we'll get to into that in a second. You're not wrong. We'll get into that in a second. But how, how do you allow yourself as a lead official or an official period 
to emotionally let the game get ahead of you. This is something that I just said on my interview with the Locked On College Basketball podcast. Uh, podcast. Nicholas, I'm literally not... I lit- How many times do I have to tell you that, I, that they're a good team? I literally told you they hit clutch shots. Maybe you should listen, bro. I, I, I don't know what else to say, man. Kentucky lost the game. They didn't make their shots. We're going to get to it in a, in a second. Kentucky right now is in they're in a spot where they were in a spot in this game with the officiating where coach Cal frustrated the the officiate uh, the the officiating crew that was evident and whenever they called fouls they turned and looked at them like what are you going to do about it at the end of the first half they didn't do anything about it they they, they let Oscar Shebway have at it they let him get hacked they let him get pushed around they let him get slapped around that's not the reason Kentucky lost. It was not fair, and I'm not going to back down from that. I think, I think there, there's no reason why you should not at least identify poor officiating. Right? We'll get to the missed shots in a second because that's what, that's at the end of the, end of the day, that's what lost Kentucky the game. But as a, as, as a, like I was saying, as a lead official... As a lead official, if you are going to claim that you're a professional at what you do, if you are a professional at your job, you cannot allow your emotions to get the better of you when you're trying to call the game by the book. You're not trying to call the game by how you feel or if you like somebody. That's not what they hired to do you to do, right? That's not what they hired you to do. They hired you to call the game correctly. And I don't think that the game was called fairly. There were several things that happened against Kansas State in this game that were ridiculous. There were so many times either a jump ball was or wasn't called on for several things that were just like, like how is that the conclusion here? Be, and, and it's not, as a fan, you may say, well, you're not an official. You don't do this, that, and the other. Here's the problem, though. They've watched the game, and they've officiated it for decades. We've watched the game for decades now. It does not, we may not be, here's, here's my whole process on this. For anybody to sit here and say, you're not an official, right? I may not be a mechanic, but I can tell if a car is not cranking, something is wrong with it. I may not be a doctor, but if, I, if somebody is bleeding out their mouth, I can tell you that something is wrong with them. If I see an officiating crew get a call or foul call completely wrong. I may not be an official, but I can tell you if something is not a foul. I've watched it. I've seen it. I don't have to I don't have to actually actively pursue the profession to have some sort of correct opinion on it. Now I may be an idiot on some of the things that I say. I'm saying this for the generic broad population out there that watches college basketball. But it does not prevent me from having an opinion that may end up being correct. And here's the thing. It's not just a me thing. It's not just a you thing. It's an everyone thing. If if the majority of people are calling it out, there might be an issue there. There might be a problem. I want to get to, some of you are talking about Coach Cal in the comments. Some of you are, are, are talking about Toppin. Some of you are talking about the missed shots. 
let's get to that. Let, let's talk about what Kentucky did wrong in this game. I thought I, I thought I clarified it to begin with. Clearly, some of you uh, are not listening. Let's clarify it in a second, okay? Let's clarify why Kentucky lost this game. Before I do that, though, how about how about this for a transition, guys? I bet you I bet you everybody loves me for this one. I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, probably not something you want to hear about right now. Uh, but as you all know, the tournament is continuing to go on. The Kentucky Wildcats aren't in it anymore. But you know what you could do? You could download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book. New customers, they get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do, again, is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the uh, from the money line to point scores, threes drained. You got player props as well. A lot of really fun things to do here as the tournament continues on. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a better, bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Again, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more, more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so let's get back to this. I'm just scrolling through the comments here. Some of you are saying this isn't on Cal. And, yeah, a lot of you are saying this isn't on Cal. I don't disagree with you. Uh, that, uh, I said that at the beginning of the show, really appreciate everybody that is filing in here. Now I got about 130 of you in here. Really appreciate everybody watching. Um, it plants with a Ben Shapiro sec. That's what I thought too while I was reading it. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, we're, we're just trying to get in and out of, out of here today, man. Um, but yeah, so I don't think Coach Cal lost this game. Uh, I, I don't think Coach Cal Perry lost this game for Kentucky. There was that lineup change that, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, is it, just wild, right? Like, it was just like, a, how do you have Damian Collins and Lance Ware in the game at the same time? But did you see the adjustment coming out of the locker room in the second half, or to start the second half? That's coaching. That's telling kids, pack it in, close the lanes, create turnovers, get out and get to the rim. That's the adjustment. And it was good. And then Kansas State readjusted themselves, and that's what good teams do. They, they hit their, excuse me, they hit their shots, they hit their free throws. They managed to overcome uh, what was Kentucky getting in the bonus for like the final 12 minutes of this game? Kansas State played like how a good team plays in March. It was impressive. They have pieces. Keontae Johnson is one of my favorite players in college basketball. Marquise Noel is, is so solid. For a five foot eight kid, I mean, he's tough. Rob T says he should have gotten teed up for that, slamming the ball down. I thought that too, eh, but it's something that you can let go. Um, I, I, I actually said it. I'm like, yeah, this should have kind of probably could have been a technical. Um, but here, here we are without a technical. Um, let's see. Anything? Nor Norwell is the best point guard I've seen in the to tournament so far. I agree. I agree. He says reminds you of Shabazz Napier from the 14 UConn champs. Man, he was solid. He was solid. 27 points. 27 points for, for Marquise Noel. Um, albeit, I think, what are those, 11, 10 of them came from the foul line? I mean, he did what good point guards do. He had nine assists, only four turnovers opposed to that. Seven of 14 from the floor. For a five foot eight kid to, to get out there and get buckets like that, that's clutch. That's impressive. That's what good teams do. Um, you, you would like to see that. You would like to see shorter guards, you know, kind of get out there and shoot consistently. Uh, along with their distribution of the basketball. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Is there anything else we want to get to here? 
four straight uh, straight threes down the stretch by Kansas State. Yeah, and that and that, and that's what that, that's what the game was. Listen, neither of these teams shot well in the first half at all. At all. Kansas State started the game what 0-14 from deep. That means they finished the game 5 of 7. Wow. That's clutch basketball. Kentucky and their shot selection um I don't think it was like end of the world terrible in this one. Yeah, no, like it was, you look at the shot chart, I mean, Dagon was pretty good. <laughs> All things considered, this was not a terrible game for the uh, for the shot selection. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by that. A guy that I didn't mention at all, by the way, props to Chris Livingston for continuing to play hard, even when the shots don't go in, even whenever mistakes happen, this kid plays so passionately, and I am very impressed with the way that he has performed during his freshman year. I, I think that he is going to be something special if he decides to come back next year. That, that, that's if. Great Kentuckian says Cal is going to be fired if there's no championship next year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that through the summer. I think that's an interesting, interesting take there. Michael says, I challenge you. Why did Onyenzo never play this year? He can at least four block four or five shots uh, when when needed. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. We can talk about that uh, throughout the week, uh, but the short answer here, uh, I, I think the short answer here is that he's he's not developed enough yet, or not he he's too raw to put out there in that situation. Now the counter for that is well, Kentucky has thrived with some of these five-star freshmen coming in in the past. And I think some guys are just misses whenever it comes to them immediately making an impact year one. Now, that's not a bad thing. Most kids get developed. It's not a bad thing that he needs time to develop. It's perfectly fine. If Honestly, honestly it may be a good thing that we've got a five-star center for another season for him to pair up with Aaron Bradshaw next year. I think that's a great thing. But right now... I don't think he. I don't think he was ready. I think he needed more time, especially considering something that I think people forget. This kid came out of high school a year early, right? He reclassified. He was a high school kid for a decent portion of this season, right? You've you've got to understand that these things happen with some of these younger kids, and they don't just pop off. Not everybody is is coming out of high school. And and dropping fifteen a game, and I'm not saying that you're you're like saying something bad there, Michael. I, I understand some players do come out of high school and they, and they pop off like that. Great Kentuckian says we will talk about it this summer because Barnhart's job is on the, on on the line as well. We'll also talk about that. I I, I need to kind of gather my thoughts on everything before I sit down and have that conversation. Let's see. Anything else? Michael Ward says, how are the one-and-done players doing for you lately? They haven't done anything for you guys in a long while. Cason Wallace looked good this year, uh, Michael. I, I don't think that he was ever going to be at any point, even coming out of high school, some type of savior for uh, for Kentucky. Uh, I don't think that he was ever going to be anything crazy special for the Wildcats, like averaging 15, 16 a game. Let's see. Is there anybody else that I'm... Let's see. Damian Collins uh, was expected to be better this year. We didn't have a lot of one and dones on this uh, on this year's uh, team, Michael. We we had a lot of uh, experience. Chris Livingston, Casey Wallace. I think both those guys looked good for what their roles were, 
next year to ask that question again next year and you may get a different answer um, because of the fact that all five freshmen in next year's class should be significant contributors. And there's Hunter Conley literally in the chat just now saying, Rob, DJ, Justin, Livingston, Bradshaw, next year's lineup. Man, that could be fun. That could be really, really fun. And a result, uh, reserve role on Yinto surely could help. You're right. No, you're right. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. You're, you're absolutely right. He could definitely help in a, in a more of a reserve role. But you noticed at the end of the season, whenever he did get in for a couple of minutes, I mean, he didn't, he didn't do much outside of just kind of be a breath of air. You know, which, which you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you. But, I mean, it is what it is now, and we have to look forward to next year. I think a question you can ask for next year, Michael, is, is okay, does he actually get some opportunities um, to make something happen along with Bradshaw, or is Bradshaw just going to be the, the guy? It's also really difficult at the same time, Michael, to have somebody like Shibwe, like the National Player of the Year, to be the, the kind of the driving force of your team in a lot of different areas. It's difficult to take him off the court and, and allow Onyenzo to get like 15, 10 minutes a game, even though I advocated for it like a, a month and a half ago. I want to be clear, I advocated for that. Um, things obviously change. Do you think Oscar comes back? I don't know if he can come back, right? Or does he have a COVID year? If, if he has a COVID year, I want to say, I still want to say no. And then Malachi asks, who do you think will come back? So I think CJ Frederick coming back is potentially on the table. The fact that he recently got engaged um, makes me question whether or not he wants to play uh, basketball. Okay, y'all are saying he does, have, he does have another COVID year. I, I, still, I still lean towards no for Oscar coming back. Uh, CJ could come back. Damian Collins could, I don't, I think he'll enter the portal, but that I'm not, I'm not questioning his ability or anything. I'm just saying, I think he could actually, let's, let's pull this up real quick. Let's look at this. Let's look at this year's roster and let's speculate here for a second. Oscar Shibway, I think is leaving Reeves. Isn't, isn't he, he's a graduate transfer, right? Y'all correct me if I'm wrong on that. Livingston, I think will come back. Kaysen Wallace is gone. I think he'll be a first-round draft pick. Damian Collins or Lance Ware, I, I, I don't know what they do, man. Uh, I, I don't know what they do. I'm not saying leave because they're bad. I don't think they're, they're bad. I'm just saying I don't know if they'll get to contribute. And they may want to seek uh, places that they can. CJ Frederick, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would lean towards no. So the guys that I think are coming back are Livingston and maybe Collins and Ware. I think that's it. I, I think that's it. Is that the first time you mentioned Reeves tonight? No. Oh well, I, I mentioned the fact that he he was he was one of the one of the two starters that just essentially didn't do anything. But we'll talk about that. Well, sure, if you want to talk about that, Jeff um, Collins will probably transfer to Baylor to be closer with his family. I could see him playing well at, at, at Baylor. Yeah, I could I could see him I could see him transferring. Again, it's not anything to do with him as as like as an athlete. I I I I just think that he may be uh in position to to find the ability to produce elsewhere because I think he should should he deserves that opportunity. Antonio Reeves who has been 
Um, very hot for Kentucky as of late. Um, it ended the uh, ended the year on a whimper. He went uh, a clean one of fifteen from the floor, one of ten from three. He had three rebounds, a turnover, three personal fouls, five points in total. I don't know if um, yeah, I, I don't know what to really say about it other than the fact that he got cold. It was just a cold game for him on some on some rims that apparently were inconsistent. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not giving that as an excuse. I'm just saying apparently yesterday there was something wrong with them. I don't know if that's affected him mentally. And if so, that's a him problem. The shots were a him problem. Let's see. Do you think we get Chris Ledlam or from the transfer portal? Here's my thing with Chris, the, and he's the, he's the, he's the transfer from Harvard, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who was really solid for them last year. I would like to see Kentucky get some efficient basketball players out of the portal. He could be an option, but he's six foot six and he played power forward. You may want somebody that's a little bit taller. If you do get him, I have a hard time believing that he would get the start over somebody else. I can cut that Kentucky wants at that at that four spot, right? So potentially, yes, I would have liked. Uh, I would like to have him, but I don't think that he would be a crazy massive piece for us. Um, and maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll disagree. Let's see. Do you think Wheeler makes an impact if he plays? Yes. I think he does. I don't think he has five turnovers. Um, and Casey Wallace played so good. I mean, he shot so well. And he had nine, re- nine rebounds. The kid played excellent. But I don't think Wheeler turns the ball over without distributing it a little bit more. And I think he opens up the floor a little bit. He, he, he adds a different element to this game that I think would have impacted it. I'm also curious to see what he, his uh, defensive game versus uh, Noel would have been. I said that in the preview episode. Was Vegas biased by having KSU as the underdogs? No, I think K, KSU identified matchup issues. I think that Kentucky matched up well with Kansas State. They just couldn't close it out, and Kansas State hit some really clutch buckets. Lance, where do you see Oscar going in the draft? All the seniors, including Big O, doesn't have another, have another year of eligibility. I just don't understand how Oscar couldn't be a first round uh, first round pick. Lori, here's the situation with with Oscar, and I was talking with my friend about this just a little bit ago. The issue with Shibway is not that he's a bad player; he's a good basketball player, but he's he's kind of one dimensional in what he does. And what I mean by that is in the NBA. Look at the bigs that thrive. Look at the bigs that actually end up making some of these rosters and, and making a, a significant impact for their team. They're versatile. They can handle the ball. They can shoot it a little bit. They can do more things than just be that big guy in the in the, in the, in the middle of the, the floor. The issue with Shibwe is he gets caught consistently in pick-and-roll defense. He doesn't switch well. He doesn't communicate well, I think, on the defensive end. He plays with a lot of heart, a lot of passion. He's an excellent rebounder, one of the best in the college game, maybe ever. And I think that he he will get a chance, potentially, to try out, and maybe he'll get drafted, potentially, in the second raft round. But he needs to round out his game. This is something that I said last year before he decided to come back. I said he needed another year to kind of hone his skill. I don't really think he did much to improve upon what he already does best. And he continued to dominate the way that he has dominated, but he didn't show an outside shot. 
He didn't show the ability to, to hit the three. I don't think he took one. He might have taken one and missed it this year. Um, he can shoot from the foul line, but that becomes becomes predictable over time. And so you have to ask if you're if you're an NBA scouting, uh, if you're an NBA scout, if you're a team that wants to maybe get that acquisition, can we develop that for him? Can we, based on his mechanics, based on his size, can we turn him into something valuable for us? And I don't know if a lot of NBA teams are going to be looking for that over a kid that's two or three inches taller that can handle the ball a little bit. I'm not saying Shibwe's a bad player. Again, one of the most dominant rebounders in the sport, period. I just don't know if he does enough elsewhere for an NBA team to get a look at him. I think he's a great college player. I think he's a great college player. I just don't know if he's going to end up being a guy that makes a significant impact in the NBA. Let's see. Any other questions? Wheeler is probably going to end up overseas somewhere. Probably. Let's see. Any inside information or rumors swirling regarding Cal returning next year? It's time for him to move on. I don't have any any inside information on that. I don't know what Texas is going to do. That's what the next comment says. Uh, let's see. Oscar is lacking defensively handling the basketball and some other areas that will be exposed on the next level. I agree. I agree. He also panics at times and traps. Yep, he sure he, he does. He's got really strong hands, man. But he's uh, he's been he's been a little bit more turnover prone this year than than he was over the past couple of seasons. Oscar's not a center and can't shoot from outside the NBA. Sorry, situation situation. That's just that's the reality of it. Is Kentucky's got a center that dominated in the college game. Um, that's six foot nine and probably just doesn't translate well. Um, don't see Frederick playing next year. I think yeah, I think he I think he may. May check out there. Straight up. So. There's that. Wheeler could come back next year. If he's got a COVID year, of course, the question is, <coughs> excuse me. I think the question there is, do you want Severe Wheeler to come back next year with DJ Wagner and uh, Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard coming in? I, I don't know if, I don't know if you, you, you can. Alex makes a really good point. We may talk about this whenever the NBA draft actually comes around. Oscar's inability to guard the pick and roll hurt us, and, and it hurt his NBA draft stock. See, I've been sitting here talking about the fact that it's hurt Kentucky in the short term. But it, for for his draft stock, for him to have returned, his goal, it looked like, for, was to win a national title. Obviously, didn't happen. But for him individually, maybe he knows that he was running that risk. I mean, crap, we talked about it last year. We've been talking about this for a year. <laughs> One person says in, in the in the comments, Casey says, I'm sick of theirs next year. And then it's uh, it's Kea says, no, the team next year is too stacked. Um, yeah, I will be discussing with you guys frequently uh, how you feel about uh, about next year uh, and, the, and the roster. Because some of you, like Casey, are continuing to give your thoughts about what... Uh, what this next year's roster is going to look like, or just trying to focus on the now. And some of you are already saying, man, um, I'm looking forward to seeing. By the way, um, with with uh, KT Turner gone, um, I'm curious to see who, who Kentucky adds to their staff. It could be uh, Josh Pastner, I believe is how you, how you pronounce his last name, from Georgia Tech. Uh, like some of you said, it could be Rajon Rondo. I don't know if Rondo would, would be the best fit there. I think a lot of fans would really like that. I don't know if he'd be the best coaching fit over a guy like Pastner. 
Um, Clance, can we talk about how we got brutally, brutally hosed by the refs under eight minutes? I think we got brutally ho- uh, hosed in the at the end of the first half. The second half, I think it was was more consistent. But like I said at the beginning of the show, um, there was a lot of was that a foul? Was that not a foul? Was that goaltending? Was that not? Was that a jump ball? Was that not? Um, not every call is going to go your way, but holy cow, those refs refs were bad. Both ways. No call in case and followed up with a two-shot foul for Noel that should have been on the floor. Exactly. That's what I said. That's literally that that that's what I said. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to get too mad about the officiating. John Calipari quote, I'm not here to win championships. Dude, you've said that in the chat like three times. It's okay, James. It's okay. We we'll we'll move we'll move forward. We'll move forward as a fan base. Kentucky will move forward as a team. Next year, I know some of you are apparently upset with the fact that um, next year we're, we're, we're talking about the getting excited. Um, there's, I think, understandable hesitation in that, but we'll, we'll be talking about it. Summer should be interesting. We'll, we'll be talking basketball. We'll be talking football. Do you think the G League could help him develop this game? Lori asked about Sheepway. Yes. Yeah, I I think that I think that's possible. I think it's possible. I think it seems okay. Nick says I th- it seemed like we were just surprised about how physically physical that team was. Um, I don't know if surprised. Uh, I don't think the team was shot. I think they battled it out, man. I think they battled it out pretty well. Um, but they, but they did they did um physically impress and like plain iron said that's a great name. Uh, K-State hit some bombs. BCW asks, who do you want out of a player in the transfer portal? My good friend, that is something that we're probably going to be talking about every other day uh, until the season starts again or until the the, the portal window closes. Uh, and we'll, we'll be talking about that all summer. As far as what I want out of a player, I think you need... I think you need better shooters. That and I don't mean that from a we shot poorly from three this season. We were the second best team in the league from deep. I mean better bucket getters, better shooters, that kids that can get buckets, right? And bam, you are gone. Um, I think we need kids that that can go out and, and can get buckets for Kentucky, uh, consistently. Guard, like guards that we've had in the past, just clutch kids. I said that last year. I'll say it again this year. We thought Reeves might have been that, and man, he was at different points, but he just got cold. That's what it, it, it's KSS, what I'm saying. Consistent shooters like Alabama. Yeah, you need, you need guys that have length that can get to the rim. Both teams were called for 17 fouls. Stop blaming the loss on the refs. Diane, you can't look at an individual foul statistic, and if it's even, say that the game was evenly officiated. You have to actually you have to watch the individual things that happened, and you could end up saying, "Yeah, this team should have been called for five or six more fouls." Or this, I'm not saying Kansas State. I'm saying in general, um, you can't you can't blame an officiating performance or draw conclusions from just the the raw foul total. Um, does this sting worse considering the history from the 2018 tournament? In in some ways, yes. We didn't even talk about expectation coming into this year. 
we didn't even talk about uh, on today's episode. We didn't even talk about like what was the expectation at the beginning of the season. We have not yet. We've yet to talk about the expectation at the middle of the year when we didn't even talk about like how most of you guys seemed like lackadaisical in your approach to the to March Madness this year. Um, some of you have been really excited about. It. I'm not saying all of you. I'm saying I'm saying a couple different people that I've seen not just here but in in different circles. People just kind of resigned themselves to the fact that Kentucky wasn't going to do anything. So this loss for me doesn't feel like a, like an end of the world thing. So, I don't know. Playing Kansas State in the second round was our penalty for under, underachieving all, all year. That, that's fair. I'm so fascinated by how torn you guys are in Coach Calipari. So, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Can I can I make a poll in chat? Can I make a poll? I don't know if I can. Ah, yes. Here we go. Should Kentucky Should Kentucky fire John Calipari? Let's ask that question. I think that pulls up. I love that some of you back and forth are just like, wake up. It's not Cal's fault. Yes, it is. We are becoming Indiana. Oh, that's an interesting take. That's an interesting take. We could talk about that across the summer. So um, let's see if you got what you guys think about this poll. Uh, should we fire John Calipari? 69% of you say no. Um, 70, yes, now 72% of you say no. We'll probably continue to talk about that. And this is what Daryl said. And um, I continue to say this, and I'm not trying to be rude to you guys. They owe him too much money. Full stop. You can't get rid of a coach that you currently owe millions and millions and millions of dollars unless he resigns and walks. By the way, again, I just want to reiterate here. Really appreciate everybody watching in the live chat. I like 260 people in here. Um, appreciate everybody watching. We've almost been going 40 minutes on this one. I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. Um, again, I really appreciate everybody's tuning in. If you're if you're listening post-live on podcast, make sure you subscribe to the chip for the show. We uh, will have a lot of different things coming uh, in the uh, in the offseason as we officially wade into it here. I don't even like that word, offseason. We'll find something else to call it. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Josh Pate camp when it comes to that. So, yeah. If you're if you if you're watching the video right now on YouTube, please make sure to like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've not already, and yeah, that's gonna do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Again, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Landstall underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram that is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns? I want to hear all your thoughts, man. Leave them in the comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.